Hi guys, here we are today with Anna Tutova, um, CEO at Coins Telegram. Anna, good to have you with us. How are you? Uh, hello, Lawrence, and hello, everybody. Good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I'm great. How are you? Good, good. And, you know, I mean, from, from what we've been learning about yourself and Coins Telegram, um, you've obviously been very busy. Um, yourself, you've been, you've been featured in a number of like publications and you've been on CNBC. Um, I think you've been in like Bitcoin News as well. Um, so, you know, obviously in terms of Coins Telegram, um, it's, you have a quite a huge mission there. Um, what, what is it, just for our audience, what is Coins Telegram and, and really what is the overarching mission for you guys? Uh, yeah, so basically, let me um, briefly introduce uh, myself and uh, what I do. Uh, I'm CEO of Coins Telegram, and uh, we have a group of companies. Uh, we have a news media website, a YouTube channel, and a PR marketing agency. And uh, as well, I'm advisor at a couple of projects, and as well, I'm partner at um, a fintech company called uh, KYC Pay, and uh, we have a marketplace of fintech solutions. We help with opening of bank accounts, setting up uh, fiat crypto on ramps, off ramps, and licensing globally, and as well launch of uh, near banks. And as well, we uh, here we resolve the uh, problem of uh, crypto adoption and easy uh, on-ramp and off-ramp uh, for crypto and fiat to uh, attract more users to this industry and uh, to make the user experience more, much more convenient. And uh, in majority, we work with crypto companies. Uh, as for Coins Telegram, uh, the company was uh, started uh, first as investment community back in 2017 when there was all that hype around ICOs. Uh, we had allocations in some ICO projects and uh, we created a bot in Telegram which uh, allowed uh, micro investments uh, in, uh, uh, just directly via this bot, just uh, for one Ethereum, uh, which was traded at the time just at $200. Uh, so we raised uh, pools for those projects and, uh, from the community and invested together with our community. And uh, to as well, uh, to make due diligence on the projects, uh, to make analysis of uh, those projects, uh, we started as well a news media website. Uh, and so it's coinstelegram.com. Uh, so we uh, made um, uh, project reviews and as well pu uh, publishing of the news, educating uh, people about the crypto industry. And uh, as well, uh, later, uh, uh, we uh, helped uh, different companies, projects as well in pr uh, promotion on our website. And as well, later, we saw demand not only for our own media, uh, but as well for uh, a lot of other media. So currently, we have as well a PR marketing agency. Uh, so we help uh, with uh, getting uh, pro, uh, the vote out about the projects and companies as well in traditional uh, business, financial, tech, uh, media, like Forbes, Entrepreneur, Finance, who as well we work with a lot of other crypto media uh, like Coindesk, Cointelegraph, Decrypt, uh, and so on. And uh, as well, uh, just... Um, uh, we have a YouTube channel too. Uh, so uh, the, uh, the idea of YouTube channel appeared a long time ago, uh, but we haven't been uh, quite active with it till the last year. Uh, 
so we just time from time uh, made uh, some uh, videos from the conferences we attended. We sometimes made interviews, but not on a consistent basis. Uh, but then just uh, from the last year, from uh, July at the conference in Paris, Ethereum conference, uh, we started uh, making a lot of interviews uh, there. And uh, that's how our channel took off and uh, a lot of uh, key opinion leaders uh, in the industry started uh, sharing the interviews, uh, videos uh, from our channel and we started growing. Uh, so uh, if you check out our YouTube, it's called uh, White Crypto. Uh, you can uh, check out some uh, videos and uh, interviews uh, there. And as well, we are making a documentary film uh, called Encrypted on the new year of digital economy. Uh, so the film is not uh, yet released, but uh, we have a couple of uh, trailers uh, from our film. And uh, currently we made uh, three episodes. Uh, the first episode uh, was started in El Salvador, the first country which adopted uh, Bitcoin as a legal tender uh, just uh, last year in September. Uh, so uh, my team uh, went uh, for the conference there in November called uh, LabitConf. And it was uh, the first Bitcoin conference in El Salvador. So uh, the president uh, was there, a lot of uh, government wow. officials and uh, as well companies uh, trying to enter the market of El Salvador and as well uh, we were there just during the announcement of uh, building of uh, Bitcoin city backed uh, by Bitcoin bonds in El Salvador so uh, we uh, made a chance to meet with the president at all or uh, I have actually frankly speaking uh, myself I haven't been uh, in El Salvador yet uh, my team was there two times already uh, we uh, so they met him uh, briefly uh, but it was still uh, hard to catch him for a longer time. No, I'm sure he's uh, but, a big uh, man, We have videos uh, during the announcement of building of this Bitcoin city. And as well, we uh, made interview with uh, the vice president of El Salvador and uh, as well uh, with the members of uh, parliament and uh, as well with, um, uh, I think it's a cousin uh, of uh, President of El Salvador, who is uh, the head of uh, Chamber of uh, Commerce there. So uh, we got interview with her too. And you've been meeting with some of the uh, British members of parliament as well. So you've definitely been busy. Yeah, so with British members of parliament, it uh, was not uh, for the film. Uh, maybe into the future, we will uh, make another episode related to UK. Uh, but uh, I met uh, a couple of members of uh, parliament of UK, both from House of Lords and uh, House of Commons. Uh, first, uh, at uh, Money 2020 uh, payments conference in Amsterdam. So there was a panel on uh, Project New Era on the launch of uh, the pilot uh, for uh, building central bank digital uh, currency. Uh, it's uh, launched by a private consortium group and as well it's uh, quite supported by some government officials too. Uh, so uh, I got acquainted there with uh, Lord Anthony Johnson Bledsoe, uh, Crossbench, uh, and uh, as well with uh, uh, Dr. Lisa Cameron, uh, who is uh, from House of Commons, and as well, he is the chair of uh, all parliamentary group uh, for cryptocurrencies in the UK. Uh, so from that uh, side, I saw quite a big interest uh, to new technology and uh, to uh, making up appropriate uh, regulations uh, for crypto in the UK. Can I ask uh, so, oh, sorry, what, 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 what do you think the El Salvador government 
are seeing that the British government simply are not, because it, it does feel that actually um, Britain is really far behind when the rest of the world when it comes to the regulation of cryptocurrencies. Um, yeah, where's this going then for like El Salvador and for Bitcoin? Uh, so I would rather say that actually UK is much more in terms of uh, crypto regulations. Salvador, uh, uh, El Salvador is uh, um, uh, highly uh, dependent on remittances, so it was a need to, to adopt um, uh, another. Uh, uh, another currency is uh, uh, legal tender because uh, blockchain resolves uh, the issues as uh, uh, the uh, high commissions. So basically, uh, people working abroad can easily send uh, transfers to their relatives to, uh, in El Salvador uh, just uh, with a crypto wallet. Uh, but uh, as for me, still, Bitcoin is uh, highly volatile. Uh, currency and for El Salvador it was uh, rather attraction of uh, tourists uh, who can easily pay everywhere with uh, Bitcoin because it's uh, everywhere accepted and uh, for me it's as well quite a big uh, PR story uh, for El Salvador because I guess before not not that many people knew about existence of uh, this country at all uh, so uh, I know that um, uh, the tourism in El Salvador rose around thirty uh, percent uh, since adoption of uh, Bitcoin as a legal tender, and uh, while they're trying to do now uh, to uh, make a crypto-friendly regulation to attract uh, companies to register there, as well they announced, I think that if you have three bitcoins, so like invest three bitcoins into the country, uh, you can get uh, citizenships there. Uh, but still, there are no uh, procedural uh, laws, uh, no procedural legislation there. So uh, it's, it's, it's there, but no nobody knows how, how to do it and how, how it will work. So, for example, we see that uh, there are, uh, UK is considered to, to be uh, a good uh, jurisdiction, uh, especially it attracts a lot of uh, fintech companies as well. Uh, we see... That doesn't mean that they're regulating them like properly. I have to say, like, I mean, in terms of like El Salvador, I mean, obviously it's a very like, recognized country and, and it's, it's a huge thing to see their almost like their acceptance of something like Bitcoin. Um, in the UK, do you, I, I see it kind of the other way around. I think that actually the UK government um, over the past 30, 40 years, they've built the infrastructure within the financial services um, uh, sector. But I think now what we're seeing is a lot of like uh, fintech companies, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're finding it's more attractive to build the fintech companies outside of the UK. I'm not sure about fintech companies. I heard some complaints from crypto companies uh, that it's really hard uh, to get a crypto license in yeah. the UK. And uh, UK is still working on their crypto regulations because uh, we see uh, some other, uh, some kind of crypto capitals arising. For example, the UAE, uh, we as well made um, our second episode there. And uh, we see so many people moving now to the UAE. It's incredible and, what they're doing out there. But again, the UAE really is at the moment um, is sitting at the forefront of, of, of potential of the blockchain space. I mean, is, is the United Arab Emirates, is it going to be like the home and the center of crypto in the future? 
Uh, well, it already became some kind of home, but it's still not there. I can say that it's quite easy to get a crypto license there. It's, uh, they uh, have uh, different zones where they uh, give out these licenses. Uh, so in uh, some zones, it's uh, much easier uh, to get the license in others not. And uh, we see as well uh, a boom uh, that, for example, Binance uh, was... Uh, uh, issued uh, a license by Dubai's Virtual Assets Regulatory Authority. Uh, Binance was actually the second. The first uh, exchange which uh, got this license uh, was FTX, and as well, uh, Kraken uh, US Exchange uh, got uh, license in the UAE too. Uh, additionally, we uh, see as well uh, another company, Ripple, uh, which uh, resolves cross-border payments. Uh, so they as well uh, for quite a long time moved to their headquarters to the UAE. Uh, so we uh, see some interest uh, from the company side there, uh, but uh, still in terms of uh, technologies uh, quite far away. Um, UAE is good like for the lifestyle, for the conferences, for some crypto regulations and uh, as well for taxes. Uh, because basically it's uh, zero tax, so it's quite attractive for companies to register there, for uh, people to get residentships there. Uh, but in terms of uh, technological developments, uh, there are not uh, really developers and technical people uh, who live in Dubai and uh, build some projects. And, and again, yourself, I mean, you, you've actually been exposed, you've been working in the crypto space for quite some time now. Um, you know, you understand the trajectory of, of the industry. Um, what, what's your background and what, when, where did you really step into crypto for the first time? Where did you, when did you realize that actually crypto was the right space for you to be in? Uh, so I uh, uh, studied international law in Ukraine in Kiev Institute of International Relations. And uh, my group mate had an internship in law company in Ukraine, which deals with crypto and blockchain. And uh, in the beginning of 2017, he mentioned Bitcoin in conversation with me. Uh, so I got interested, started Googling with that. And uh, I actually wanted to invest uh, into some assets for quite a long time. Uh, but uh, I thought it was mostly around, everything around trading. I even uh, just before attended uh, some uh, seminars on Forex trading. Uh, like uh, as well, at that uh, time, I worked uh, with um, uh, a company which... Uh, uh, traded uh, stocks uh, for the clients on Nasdaq, uh, but uh, I never invested anywhere else uh, except crypto. Uh, so when uh, I knew out about crypto, it uh, seemed to me like a perfect um, asset, and uh, uh, I wanted to invest into it when it costed uh, two thousand. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't do that uh, because uh, I talked about it to my parents, so they started shouting at me. And uh, then just uh, in some time, I, uh, I knew some people who started working with one uh, ICO crypto startup. And uh, in 2017, uh, sorry, wait a minute. And Anna, obviously someone who works very heavily in, in the crypto space, um, it's obviously it's a, a young industry, as industries go. Um, you obviously got in, got into it very young. Um, when did you first hear about crypto? 
Um, how, when did you first start your career and how did you really get into this space? Uh, so actually now it seems that uh, I started early, but it was not that early at the time. I got into industry in 2017 and uh, I knew out about uh, crypto from my group mate. I studied international law uh, in Ukraine in Kiev Institute of International Relations. And my group mate had internship in law company, which had as well a practice uh, for blockchain and crypto. Uh, so he mentioned uh, Bitcoin to me in the beginning of 2017. And I got interested. I started Googling was that and I wanted to invest. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't invest first uh, because I uh, talked about that to my parents. So they started shouting at me. So I didn't invest. And uh, but generally, I was um, uh, keen on investments, and uh, I wanted to invest uh, somewhere. But at that time, I just like had bank deposits, and uh, that's it. Uh, but I attended some forex uh, seminars, uh, but I didn't understand anything in trading. As well as the time, I worked uh, with um, uh, asset management company which uh, traded stocks uh, on Nasdaq. Uh, but uh, I myself did, never invested into stocks too. Uh, so basically, as well, crypto seemed to be like a perfect uh, financial tool. And uh, I saw that it just always rises. So it was like super That's convenient. You, you, you just invest into asset, which just like always rises and so the price never falls. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't get into it when I wanted first at $2,000. Uh, but I, I got in later. Uh, in October 2017, I knew some guys who started working uh, with one ISO project and uh, they invited me for the interview. And since I already had some basic knowledge in the industry, we started working together and I ended up being the PR manager. And as well, from that time, October 2017, I started investing into crypto. Uh, I invested um, uh, mostly into Ethereum and uh, I bought uh, at that time just a fraction of uh, Bitcoin because it was already trading like at $12,000-$15,000 and um, I continued uh, investments uh, at the time and then in uh, the mid of uh, 2018 the crypto crash uh, happened, the crypto winter started uh, but um, I didn't have uh, really like good knowledge how market works, uh, works that as a cycle but it doesn't always go up though yeah <laughs> it doesn't always go up that's for sure so that was actually at the time and every, uh, everybody was before like so much anxiety it's uh, it, it really uh, always only rose uh, like there were small small corrections but not really like a bear market and in 2018 um, uh, like three year bear market uh, started uh, but still, I continued uh, buying crypto at the time and uh, I never sold it. So it, it was beneficial for me just in the long term. Did you not think, though, that like there's and, and again, I struggle with this. And again, showing my age here, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot older than you. Um, you know, I've, I've I remember a world like way before crypto and crypto wasn't even an option as an investment. Right. Um, we'd never heard of it. Um, we'd invest in equities. And one thing that we saw, particularly like within the tech sector, like 2000, 2001, we saw this like tech bubble crisis, right? Mm -hmm. Where everyone was throwing money into tech stocks. Even these companies that didn't have any utility, they didn't have any like real financial stability behind them. They didn't have any sales. Um, and then I think it was around 2001, we saw, again, we saw this tech bubble cry, um, crash, 
which is kind of the equivalent of now we're calling it a crypto winter. Um, are we not going to see something similar in terms of the fact that all a lot of the crypto companies are just going to go to zero? They are going to disappear. But what we're left at the end of it are the stronger cryptos, the ones that do have utility and do have use cases. Uh, yeah, that's true. The same we saw during previous crypto crashes, like the crash in 2018. So we saw quite a big hype of all these ICO projects when people were just uh, raising money uh, without even any MVP, just the ID and white paper. And uh, like people just threw money everywhere because uh, it was considered like uh, everything was rising. Uh, so of course, a lot of company, uh, those companies probably like 90% are gone now. Uh, and uh, along with that, uh, crypto industry grew a lot. Uh, we got much more serious uh, people into the industry and um, uh, like we saw the rose of other uh, sectors like decentralized finance, DeFi, uh, blockchain, gaming, uh, as well we see now NFTs. Uh, however, I'm a bit uh, skeptical about NFTs. Why? But Why are you skeptical about them? Uh, because the uh, majority of NFTs is just uh, complete uh, gambling and uh, there is nothing behind that. Uh, so how does that differ from like a lot of the cryptos because that, that, that's quite interesting in terms of the fact that you know a lot of the a lot of the crypto projects could that not also be described as, as gambling uh well in terms of uh, crypto projects at least people are trying to do something trying to make an app or some solutions and like there is some sense in it. It's uh, unlike with NFTs, of course, like there are different use cases for NFTs. And uh, as well, uh, I know uh, um, I, uh, IBM started using uh, NFTs as patterns. And as well, we see when uh, house uh, sales uh, as NFTs. So that is quite interesting. Or uh, when uh, pay, uh, paying out royalties through NFTs, so when you can uh, do everything in a programmable, uh, programmable way. That is super convenient. Uh, but uh, uh, unfortunately, now just anybody can uh, make NFTs and like people, uh, people just marketing everything. Yeah. And uh, you, you either should have a um, mind of collector and like discover the same with uh, art. Like majority of people probably don't uh, understand art and sure. why this or that art piece will will go up in the price. It's the same, some kind of with NFTs, but uh, we see quite a lot of uh, just yeah. <laughs> useless stuff. Well, what, one of my friends, he buys NFTs. Like he, he just buys like um, prints of like images from from like random artists mm -hmm. um, all around the world and he'll pay like two hundred dollars for them and I'm, I'm telling him I'm like you're you're actually buying nothing there's nothing there mm -hmm. um but I mean again I've, I've got to say I kind of agree with you on that I, I, I think largely you know look if you're like a famous artist I can kind of get it if there's a historical benefit to it but I agree with you loads of people are just creating nfts they're creating pictures on their computer images like what we've all been doing for the last 20 years at least um and they're just saying they're original and selling them it, it just it, it does seem yeah. <laughs> it seems mad um but i mean th th that said i mean so in terms of the future of 
the crypto market, in terms of the future of the blockchain market? You know, what does it look like? Uh, so we already see the big interest from institutional sites in uh, crypto. Uh, so as well, uh, this uh, super cycle was uh, driven quite a lot by institutionals. Uh, so I see bigger development uh, in that way. And um, we see now a lot of companies uh, crashing like uh, three arrows capital because they over leveraged their positions and it was a three billion dollar fund as well we see that uh, the complete crash of uh, top 10 cryptocurrency luna uh, because of the stable coin which was not uh, really properly uh, backed and uh, collateralized uh, as well we see the same with uh, celsius which uh, was basically the same as uh, bank it was a centralized uh, platform and uh, now they as well don't have enough reserves uh, to pay back uh, to their users. Uh, so this will uh, show them uh, that we uh, need um, a better approach to this industry. And as well, uh, there will be much more concerns from the regulator side, uh, but uh, maybe we will see a better regulation in the future uh, to pr uh, protect investors and uh, consumers uh, because uh, we have uh, different discussions that uh, like uh, especially uh, U.S. is going to all these uh, crypto companies and uh, that uh, still regulations are not there, but uh, we, we should as well understand that all these uh, government authorities need uh, time to uh, to learn more, to research about uh, the industry and uh, to, um, uh, to propose appropriate legislation. And... Uh, uh, that uh, the best companies are uh, considered to be built uh, during uh, bear markets. So I guess this is uh, the time to build uh, something new. And uh, unlike uh, during the previous uh, best, uh, bear market, uh, this time is uh, completely different. Uh, we see much uh, bigger influx of uh, users, of uh, interested uh, people uh, into this industry. So. Um, as uh, I mentioned uh, as well, uh, the, uh, the last probably one year was uh, quite um, uh, quite draw, uh, draw, uh, drawn uh, by NFTs and uh, blockchain gaming. Uh, so uh, we uh, see the rise of play to own games uh, when as well such games just uh, became uh, the only source of uh, income some, uh, for some people in developing countries. Uh, so that is great, uh, but uh, still there are a lot of complaints that uh, blockchain games are not really fun, that it was just uh, the way uh, for some people to earn money. Uh, so we see some interest in uh, adoption of uh, blockchain NFTs, uh, but uh, uh, by big gaming studios, so as well as some other smaller projects trying to launch uh, their own games and uh, gaming is uh, quite a big industry and especially attracts uh, Generation Z, uh, younger people. Uh, so we will see much uh, bigger adoption in a time when all these uh, games will be developed because it's a more fun way uh, to attract people, to engage people. Uh, the same with uh, NFTs, uh, like it's good in case uh, with some big brands when uh, they try uh, to connect with their audience, with uh, their fans. Uh, 
so uh, we see as well um, uh, a lot of uh, musicians uh, launching their NFTs and they're saying that from NFTs they own uh, much more than from their usual music career. And uh, I see as well a bigger development of uh, DeFi industry. Uh, of course, we saw quite a lot of uh, protocols which uh, offer just huge APIs and like in some time they failed. Uh, but um, uh, we see as well some uh, as a strong protocols so like uh, top three ones, uh, Compound, Maker, Aave, uh, which uh, offer just moderate API and uh, it's uh, you don't need any middleman and you don't need a bank account to get access uh, to those DeFi protocols. Uh, you just need a crypto wallet and you can uh, connect your crypto wallet to those protocols and um, your interest. And, and what, if any, like moral risks are there in terms of, you know, what we're doing with with uh, the crypto and blockchain space? Um, one thing you mentioned there that where it's obviously going to, it's one of the best use cases for NFTs is obviously like gaming. But again, is there a risk that we're just conditioning the younger generation to just keep consuming, keep buying um, whilst they're playing these games? Uh, so people actually uh, spend just hundreds, sometimes even thousands of uh, dollars on uh, gaming items uh, in traditional gaming. Uh, so it's not like you force somebody to do something. It's uh, uh, it's already existing market and uh, people are buying. So you don't really have to market uh, something for them because it's some kind of uh, their habit. It's it just na their natural interest. And uh, in uh, traditional gaming, uh, these items are not uh, interoperable and they don't uh, really uh, belong to you. So you just bought it in the game and it stays only within this game. Uh, in the case of NFTs, you can uh, resell your item, uh, you can get it into other game and etc. So uh, th uh, this feature is really unique and uh, uh, it's quite good, I think. And in the future, are we all going to be using like loads of different cryptocurrencies to pay for things? Uh, to pay for things, none. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm a believer just in stable coins, and as well, we see that uh, countries are uh, developing now central bank digital currencies, and uh, we see as well the big success in China with uh, their digital yuan. Uh, so for just average uh, users. Probably it won't be uh, the case of uh, use of uh, different cryptocurrencies as a mean of payment, uh, just mostly stable coins. Um, uh, and for me, all other uh, I consider most of the cryptocurrencies, which are volatile, just as an uh, alternative of uh, stocks, shares in the companies. But these ones are just uh, decentralized. But with, with central bank digital currencies, is there not a risk that governments will then control how people spend their money? So this is the risk that the government will uh, control how people spend their money. And so it uh, goes beyond the idea of Bitcoin and decentralization. But the idea was that uh, people's assets and uh, spending should be fully independent from any centralized authorities and from any governments. Uh, but uh, still, from the other side, for the governments, it's a better tool uh, 
to raise taxes and uh, but what what uh, do you think Anna what do you, do you think that should be the case do you think that um, governments should be able to control how people spend their money I don't think that government should uh, control how people should spend their money I agree uh, I agree I have to say like with central bank digital currencies my concern is that all of a sudden the British government say actually yet yeah, let's use this as almost like a credit system right we mm -hmm. have seen that which again is something that we have seen other countries um implement um whereby they'll say actually if your score isn't of a certain level then you'll be penalized you'll be fined in, in a certain or specific manner um, and, and i think for me like i think with cbdc's with central bank digital currencies that that is my concern i don't think any i don't trust any government mm -hmm. um to, to have that much control over, you know, how people spend the money which they are earning. Um, that said, you know, um, I think rightly or wrongly, and I would say more wrongly, but, you know, universal basic income does seem to also be part um, of, of this integration with the future of, uh, of cryptocurrencies. Um, I mean, you know, on that note, what is the future for you? What's the future for Coins Telegram? What is it that you, you know you guys are setting out to really focus on right now? Uh, yeah, so uh, pr probably our biggest focus is uh, a continuation of uh, our uh, filming of our documentary film. Uh, so uh, I will uh, mention as well what other episodes we made. Uh, we made second episode in the UAE. And as well, as I mentioned uh, before, uh, the government tries to be quite uh, crypto friendly. So they... Um, in the first uh, zone, which uh, started uh, issuing licenses uh, for crypto companies, uh, was uh, Abu Dhabi Global Market, ADGM. Uh, so a lot of companies are uh, registered there. Uh, as well, uh, there is another zone, uh, DFC, uh, which uh, mostly uh, gives uh, licenses to asset management companies or so to the banks. Uh, as well, uh, uh, Dubai Commodities Center, DMCC, and uh, for now they probably issued over 100 uh, licenses. So this is some kind of the uh, easiest uh, zone uh, to get uh, the license. And uh, as well as um, uh, Dubai World uh, Trade, uh, there is Dubai World Trade Center and uh, Dubai Virtual Asset uh, Regulatory Authority where companies can register, but uh, it's uh, uh, more difficult to, to register in those zones. Uh, so uh, in the UAE, we, um, uh, we see a lot of uh, companies uh, which move there, like uh, Binance moves there. So I made the interview with uh, CZ, founder of Binance, uh, as well uh, Polygon, uh, layer two blockchain, blockchain solution uh, moved uh, there. The founders are originally from India, and uh, um, a lot of uh, Indian founders now moved uh, to the UAE as well because of uh, better regulations in India and more beneficial regulations in the UAE, and as well because these countries are quite close. Uh, so I made as well the interview. Uh, with uh, Sandeep Nalwal, founder of Polygon. And uh, as well, uh, Binance uh, made the conference there just in the end of March. Uh, so a lot of uh, companies and uh, a lot of um, 
top people in the crypto industry just came for the first time uh, to Dubai. Uh, but uh, they, uh, they told that they uh, plan to open their offices uh, there or they already opened their offices there. Do you there, go there so. often to Dubai? Can you repeat? Sorry, do you go to Dubai often? I used to partly live there during Corona times because it was I the only place to go to. And uh, I spend there time from time. Uh, I mostly go there for conferences, but probably next I will go there in October. Nice. I have said so we've had this discussion about moving Rayon out to Dubai. Um, it just seems like such like a business friendly, such a crypto friendly like environment. Um it, it definitely seems, and again, it feels like the UAE is just like light years ahead of the rest of the world in terms of regulation, in terms of actually having the infrastructure and more than anything, the culture, the desirable culture um, for these like uh, modern modern companies. So, uh, yes, it's true, but uh, still they have problems uh, with crypto banking. Uh, all these banks are not really friendly to crypto, so even if you get a license uh, in the UAE, you need to get a bank account and so you can get a traditional uh, bank account because uh, the UAE has problems for the, both companies and individuals as well for getting any bank account. Uh, so uh, Seba Bank, uh, Swiss bank, just uh, opened their office uh, uh, probably in uh, February uh, last uh, year uh, in uh, Abu Dhabi. Uh, so now, as well as these crypto companies, uh, can uh, use Seba Bank, but as well as they, uh, they provide services mostly to already big companies because they have quite a lot of requirements for compliance. Uh, but uh, in other cases, if uh, you just uh, a crypto startup and you just opened your company in the UAE, you will need to find some other solutions for crypto banking in other countries. Well. I look forward to learning a lot more about it um, on your on the documentaries that you're making. And uh, yeah, I've already checked out the the uh, the preview for uh, is it Bitcoin City El Salvador? So mm-hmm. yeah, looking forward to see a lot more content come up, come from Coins Telegram, and of course on our White Crypto. So Anna Tova, um, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a great. Yeah, time. I would like to add as well about our film that I'm originally from Ukraine. And uh, I haven't been there, unfortunately, since the start of the war. And uh, the third episode uh, we made uh, in, uh, uh, in Davos during World Economic Forum. And uh, we see a quite big support from the crypto companies. And uh, crypto became quite a powerful tool for fundraising, for getting donations uh, for our country. And uh, Ukrainian government uh, is well quite friendly to crypto. So maybe we'll see Ukraine in future, the next crypto capital. And Can I ask you, about that? Can I ask you a bit? Like, well, we've got yeah. you. Can I ask you? So, like, again, yeah, at, at Rayon, like, we've actually always had like quite a lot of like, um, like Ukrainian engineers, um, most of them came from like Imperial College London, like really super, super smart. Um, it's horrendous what, what's happening in Ukraine. Um, it's also, you know, it's, it's a very educated peoples. Um, you know, what, what, what should the world be doing? What do you want to see the world do? Um, or what should the crypto world or the blockchain world or really governments, what do you want to see them do to ensure that actually, you know, we can support the Ukrainian people and like you say, like ensure there is a future there. Like, you know, 
even go as far as to say that actually re rebuild Ukraine and ensure that it is one of the world's future crypto capitals. You know, the people there have definitely got the brains, right? Uh, so from uh, the crypto vault, crypto vault already does quite a lot and so over 136 million dollars were raised in crypto for Ukraine and as well as there are a number of uh, uh, NGOs uh, which, uh, start, uh, which are supported by crypto companies and uh, uh, give uh, donations in crypto to Ukraine. Uh, as well, uh, investments into Ukraine are quite beneficial now, and uh, Ukraine is considered now to be like a high-risk country, uh, but uh, still there are a lot of technological uh, developments there, and Ukraine is quite technologically advanced. Uh, so we need in investments into our country now, into our uh, startups, uh, in industry, manufacturing, and uh, basically because uh, people from uh, companies pay as well taxes, uh, which go uh, to the government and as well support uh, our army. Uh, so that's what uh, people from other countries uh, can do as well, spread this word about the situation in Ukraine, because uh, the war hasn't ended, it's still continuous, and I'm originally from the east part of Ukraine, uh, which is heavily shelled uh, every day, and uh, Russian army is uh, much bigger uh, than Ukrainian. Uh, the Western world supports uh, Ukraine with the weapons, but still only 10% of uh, those uh, weapons were received uh, by Ukraine. Uh, so, Where were you when the war started? I was in Dubai. I left uh, Ukraine just one and a half week before the start of the war. Right. And I assume you, you obviously you haven't been back. You haven't been back since. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, again, I mean, in terms of these these companies in Ukraine, are they actually setting up in Ukraine or are they are they essentially you, um, Ukrainian people setting up these companies outside of Ukraine? Uh, so uh, I don't really know that uh, there are uh, probably uh, there are Ukrainian exchanges or some other companies registered as, as technological companies in Ukraine, not like yeah. crypto ones. Uh, but Ukraine uh, wasn't a jurisdiction was uh, which was considered to be like a crypto friendly uh, jurisdictions for setting up companies. So usually uh, people just uh, register somewhere else, like in Estonia in uh, the UAE uh, as well. We see now a lot of companies uh, registering in Portugal, uh, some uh, registered in other jurisdictions, so like in Cayman Islands or in US and Delaware uh, or somewhere else. Uh, so uh, we will see how it will go with the legislation because um, now the legislation was just uh, set up for the definitions of uh, crypto assets and uh, crypto was in the gray zone before in Ukraine. Now it's in white zone, it's regulated. And uh, we will see what, um, uh, what legislation will be developed for the setting up of uh, crypto companies in Ukraine. Uh, because for now it's mostly talent from Ukraine and we see as well one of uh, the best uh, companies uh, built uh, by Ukrainian teams. Uh, for example, like uh, Nia Protocol is um, uh, built uh, by uh, uh, by founders uh, from Kharkiv, uh, but uh, they live uh, in Portugal and in Silicon Valley as well. And uh, even WhatsApp was built by Ukrainian, yeah. who, who yeah. now in Silicon Jan, Valley. Yeah, Jan Coons, I believe. Yeah. And uh, and, and again, like like for Ukraine. 
like what is what is the best possible outcome in terms of like the business sense so again there's obviously like this like almost exporting of like real talent like super super talent and are you saying that like these people the uh, ukrainian people are building companies abroad like in places like portugal for instance but again they are then able to indirectly support uh the ukraine uh, ukrainian government uh yeah so in this case we see rather that uh uh in uh, uh in crypto they will make so much money so crypto community is uh, quite friendly and they're very supportive and uh, a lot of uh, companies it doesn't matter whether they are with ukrainian founders or ukrainian team or not uh, just generally support our country and uh, of course uh if uh, these Ukrainian founders are funded, if their business is going good, uh, they have good revenue, so they can as well donate big sums to support Ukraine. Well, uh, Anna, I was going to say thank you very much for your time today. Um, you know, obviously wishing you and also Ukraine all the best. Um, and, you know, um, hopefully we, we can actually follow up with, with Cointelegram and see how you guys are progressing later on this year. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you.